You're listening to the Sports on Tap Podcast Network. Cheers to sports. This is Pod That, two brothers talking sports. What's up, y'all? Welcome into today's episode. This is George. I'm going to be joined by my little brother, Sammy. Post week two NFL recap show and a little bit of preview for week three, we kept it pretty, pretty simple for you. What we did last week, we had our three stooges of quarterbacks, we had our three kings of quarterbacks, and we talked about some of the biggest uh, games coming up next week. You're going to really enjoy this episode. And you know what? I just got one thing to tell you guys cheers to sports. Two weeks through the NFL season, man. Sammy, the first two weeks really went by quickly. This, it's weird to me. I know I said this last week. I always get a little bit sad when a week of the NFL season is gone because that means it's just one more less week available of football in life. And maybe it's a bad way to look at things. But, man, I just love this fucking game so damn much, and I can't even explain how much I love Sundays. Um, I mean, I'm coming in hot early on the podcast today to tell you that was – um, in my opinion, one of the weirdest ways to possibly talk about football is to say that we're one week less of football. It should be getting more exciting as the week goes on. So I'm in full disagreement with you on the, uh, the manner in which you, you are uh, looking at life in football. All right. Well, ah, that's just how I look at it. So anyways, let's get yeah, on. I, I'm going to start living things. life like that the same way, George. I'm going to every day wake up and be like, wow, one more day till my death. This is this is how this that's that's a great way to look at the football season. One more day till it's over. We're only two weeks in. The end of football season is death. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, what's going on, man? Are you great week of football? Are you ready for as usual kicking it off with some three stooges of NFL quarterbacks? Yes, I am. And uh, this week's three stooges for me are going to be much more realistic uh because we did have aaron Rodgers in week one but that was his doing it wasn't our fault that he had an awful game but he has of course found his way off of the three stooges list and uh i'm feeling pretty confident about my three right now all right well um this one's a little interesting to me because like a lot of injuries and not sure what like how to handle those or example andy dalton got hurt but i think he's gonna be playing next week so Andy Dalton is still on my three stooges. Is he still on yours? Absolutely not. He's played so much better than a, a large majority of quarterbacks. So for me, he is not even uh, – no, he's not even close for me. Okay, interesting. Explain why. I mean, it looked like Justin Fields – what was exactly his stats? I mean, he got outplayed by Joe Burrow who threw three interceptions. I was pulling up Andy Dalton's stats to see – he was nine for eleven with a touchdown, and then left the game at fifty total yards. Yeah, he's he's still on my three Stooges personally. I mean, what you That's just okay. said though should I know, but what you just said should confirm him not being on there. I mean, if you just look at total QBR even and different ratings here for the season, like he's nowhere near the bottom. Um, Chicago, there's a reason Chicago is going to continue to start him, and I've been kind of going through. As you guys all know, we have our uh, Sports on Tap Chicago team and i'd like go on the twitter sometimes follow the feed a lot of bear fans i know would agree with the fact that um andy dalton's playing much better than people are trying to act i think he's one of those guys that just for some reason always get the like 
shorted in the stick. But I think that's fair. I mean, it, who do you got? Let's see your first one. Well, Zach Wilson has been the worst quarterback in the NFL through two weeks. Okay, he's uh, on mine too, so we're total agreement there. Yeah, I mean, and and I like to look at, you know, I'm going to like quarterback ratings and QBRs and trying to see if like the numbers line up a lot with the guys that I'm talking about as well. Um, and that one lines up very, <laughs> very well. So I, I'm sticking with Zach Wilson as like my worst quarterback in the NFL right now. Yeah, I mean he's he's my number one stooge. He's he's the stooge leader in yeah. total stooge, stooginess. Uh, all right, uh, I guess since you put threw up that one, I'll throw up my next guy, and it's my not my boy, but uh, Tua Tagalivoa. Um, Tua's no good, man. I I think the Dolphins are being held back by Tua. I just don't think he's a very good quarterback. Interesting. Um, not on my list either. Um, I have some other guys on my list. I'll get to my list here in a second, I guess. For me, uh, Tua, unfortunately, I guess for me, I, I, I didn't put anybody that's actually gotten hurt on my Stooges list because uh, I just don't know if that's a fair assessment. And they won their first game against an amazing Patriots defense. So I feel like he gets a pass on that. Uh, for me, my second guy is obviously Trevor Lawrence. I mean, the two worst quarterback ratings and QBRs both are Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. The only two outside of Jacoby Brissett who only played a half that are below 70 in QBR uh, or in quarterback rating. The only two in the entire NFL. And that's what happens when you're a rookie. I mean, it's, it's, it's understandable, but yeah. there's been no two worse quarterbacks in the NFL than Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, in my opinion. And yes, it has to do with there, being a actually, rookie. There's been, there's been a quarterback worse than them both, to be honest with you. What's, what's their QBR? Uh, both of their QBRs and their quarterback ratings are the last two in the NFL. I have them both pulled they, up right now. They're actually not because Tua Tagalivoa's QBR is 21.6. That's just the top 32 worst QBRs in the NFL. Tua's even worse in total QBR than both Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. Okay. Well, he's also, if you go to quarterback ratings, not worse than them. So at the end of the day, if you look at a combined – the two worst quarterbacks, either on QBR and quarterback ratings, end up being Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. So that's where I'm like, I struggle here with those two not those to me, like those two are far and beyond. Like if we're just basing on numbers, right? In general, yeah. right? And losses and interceptions. To what I mean, Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence are the bottom of the bottom for all things and yes they're rookies my hard thing with Tua George is that first of all he had a big win against New England that was actually a tough win to have and then he got hurt um it so for me like it's just hard to I don't know well, that it's hard for me to like put him on a list of the three worst quarterbacks because I'd much rather have him right now than Daniel Jones for example who was my well, third? I mean, but, but I guess, I guess for me though, like my my only issue, and it's not like a big issue with the way you're thinking right now, is you said you're going off the numbers, and then you say I want to put, you know, Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence in this list, and then you don't want to put Tua when he has a worse QBR QB rating QBR than both of them. But I'm trying to find his QB rating, and for some reason, I like I feel like ESPN is pushing QBR. What's his QB rating? Can you find that for Ooh, me? Tua. 
Yeah, because that's what like it's I, I seventy four. He's right. He's right. Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence are seventy or fifty seven and fifty six, and then Jacoby Brissett okay. fifty nine. Okay. <laughs> so, so if anything, so, Tua's backup actually was a little bit worse <laughs> than Tua. And, but then Tua, so they have to start him. But I think, like, I have no problem putting Trevor Lawrence on that list. But I think Tua has to be on that list with a twenty QBR. Like he has a worse QBR than Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. That's bad. Yeah. Are we sure about this? Why is he not I'm on the hot, list? Because he's that's the top thirty-two worst QBRs in the NFL. He has a worse QBR than the top is thirty-two. This, is it just ESPN the one that like really sticks to QBR? Because like Tyrod Taylor's yes. number one. What is QBR? <laughs> quarterback rating something total. Because like bullshit. if you go to like you know like. <laughs> I think more people go off the quarterback rating itself, right? Like the actual. Yeah, yeah, and why can't I find that? Yeah, you can find it. Just Google quarterback rating. Russell Wilson's number one, Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford. Tyrod Taylor is actually number four on that as well, which unfortunately he's on the IR now because the man has the worst luck in the history of Of, starting quarterbacks. Okay, okay, here we go. So, Sammy, look at this. I I found the total QB ratings. I know. I just told you he's. The next up after Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. I told you that already. I don't oh, know if you okay, weren't listening you to me. I wasn't. You're probably I, searching. I don't know what, yeah, I've had so much trouble finding QB rating for some I like, reason. I had a feeling you weren't <laughs> listening to me. I was like, I just told you he is, right? It's it's literally – Jacoby Brissett doesn't count because there's a half, no, right? No. It's literally Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. So why don't we make those our three stooges? I, I'm fine with that. I'm just – it was just really confused about – uh you wanting to have Andy Dalton in there originally. I, oh, no. Actually, you know what I'm confused about, George? Here's what I'm going to ask exactly. you. We'll stick to those three. What I want to know is why are you unwilling to put Trevor Lawrence on your list every week? Like, I've been thinking about it since week one. But he has obviously been, outside of Zach Wilson, probably the worst quarterback in the NFL. It doesn't matter. Like, if Tom Brady was on Jacksonville, we wouldn't say, oh, it's well, he's on Jacksonville. Like, when you're playing the worst, the same as Zach Wilson, right? Like, well, he's on the Jets, so – he, like he's still technically playing as one of the worst three quarterbacks, right? So, like, well, my question for you is, what's your like? What? There's no logical reason that Andy well, Dalton would be ahead of or below Trevor Lawrence. Well, well yeah, well. I think. Well, the reason I I look at it that way, and I still disagree with you having Trevor Lawrence on that, is because of what they're asking him to do. I mean, there's someone like Mac Jones in the NFL right now who's averaging three yards per attempt, and Trevor Lawrence is averaging nine yards per attempt because the coaching staff trust is trusting him and kind of telling him just to sling the ball around. They know this is a lost season. They're asking him to do so much. They're not asking him to be a game manager. So that's the only reason. But honestly, like, I have no problem putting you on there. The QB rating speaks for itself. Yeah, well, see, my thing is, like, I'm not worried about if you have a problem putting him on there or not. Mm-hmm. I just wonder – when we're talking about the worst quarterbacks in the NFL yeah. in terms of like week by week, mm-hmm. I feel like we can't, can, we can't just say, Oh, well they're telling him to do this. Well, it's like, okay, well the jets told, didn't tell uh, Zach Wilson to throw four picks, but he just did because he's not playing well. Like in my, 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 in my like opinion, you have four touchdowns, five picks from Trevor Lawrence well, yeah, they're putting him in these situations, but there's been rookie quarterbacks that have came into bad situations and played better, right? Which that doesn't mean he's not going to be good. It doesn't mean he's not going to he's going to be stuck on this list. But I, I feel like when it comes to quarterback ratings, we can't over the top think about well, what's the team telling him to do because it's like uh, 
I mean, Mac Jones, he could still Mm -hmm. on his 10 passes a game throw 10 picks, but he doesn't, right? So it's like, it's kind of a complicated situation. And like, it is because, you know, like I want Andy, I don't want Andy Dawson over Trevor Lawrence in the future, but like, like Uh, this one game, who's playing worse, I guess. Yeah, and I would say Andy Dalton's playing worse because they're not asking him to do anything. They're actually literally telling these type of people, check down, be careful, don't do anything. Trevor Lawrence is like, yeah, just go for it. We're not going to win. That's why I kind of – I guess I also look at the situation and then say, like, man, what are these guys telling him to do? Is this guy – like, if he was in a situation where they asked him to be a game manager, would he do it better than Andy Dalton? And I think he would do it better than Andy Dalton if they asked him to be in that situation. But like I said, QB rating matters. I have no problem putting him on the list. He deserves it. He's, you yeah, can't because I'm going to be honest with you. If we're talking about situational, like Matt Ryan would probably be on my list, for example, because he's he's like, you know, yeah. he's supposed to. He right yeah, like, so I just, I don't know. There's just hard ones, even like, uh, like for example, like Joe Burrow had a pretty bad half, right? But it's like he also, like Trevor Lawrence, is being asked to throw the ball around a lot mm-hmm. and, and take some risks. So it makes it kind of complicated, but I, I do think at the end of the day, uh, if I'm going to be throwing Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson on the three stooges, Tua has to sit on there because he's also in a second year opportunity with a really good roster and a good coach, and he's failing to to kind of meet expectations, so to say. Yeah, he, yeah, and he's he's actually holding the team back. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, he is. Right, he is. For your, so that's it. So those are our three stooges this week. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Tua Tagalaivoa, however you can pronounce that guy's name. The three stooges. Um, So to our three kings of the week. uh, And remember, folks, this is like a recurring list. So it's like it's stacking like the season. uh, Yeah, we're not just saying who had the best week. So like Mm -hmm. it's stacked over the season. This one was a little tougher for me. It became tough, but then I tried to simplify it as much as possible. So I think we can both say we have Tom Brady on the list. Yeah, you, you kind of just have to. Like, there's no – he's been the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. So I think we could both crazy. say I'm going to guess – I'm going to guess you still have Patrick Mahomes on your list. I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes. I do. I mean, that loss wasn't on him. It was Lamar Jackson just willed his team there. Yeah, and I'm going to guess that you have Kyler Murray on your list. Okay. It was between – Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson, and Lamar Jackson. Those and are about the ones I had written down to. Cause, yeah, because Russell Wilson still has the best quarterback rating by far, over right. 146 compared to Patrick Mahomes, 132 at second. So Russell Wilson's still up there, but the fourth quarter overtime performance told me, all right, I have to drop you down. Then I looked at Lamar Jackson. They did lose week one to a mm-hmm. Raiders team that they probably shouldn't lose to, and then – I, I went with the two guys that are undefeated in the NFC West, Kyler Murray and Stafford. Murray has been sexier, so to say, his numbers and his play. He's been more spectacular. Yeah. So I agree with you on Kyler Murray. So <laughs> that is my list also. I mean, that one was kind of easy, man. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I, I did the same process of elimination as you did, actually. Like, literally, I went through the list and I wrote down – Brady Mahomes and I was like, all right, who's the third guy? And I throw Kyler Murray, Stafford, Wilson, and I. There's one guy we're missing though. Carr on your list and and Derek Carr. I wrote to yeah, yeah. process elimination. I just ended up not having Carr there. Well, my thing is after those four that we said, 
it's going to be Derek Carr and probably Aaron Rodgers again. And because, uh, I mean, he's made up a lot of ground from like 30th to like back to like eighth this week. Um, and I will say another guy that uh, would be on the list if they – this is why the list is hard. You, you got to take into account wins and losses. Like Kirk Cousins is actually having a pretty good year, some unfortunate losses. Um, Derek Carr is having a good year. You have a lot of these guys, but these guys are not – the Derek Carrs. Oh, sorry. Teddy Bridgewater was another one to consider, really. Mm-hmm. Like he's in that realm of those guys that are after the Kings. But I think it's just so obvious right now that you have to go Brady, Mahomes, Murray. And then you have those list of other guys that are so close, like Stafford, Wilson, Carr, Rogers. But the, the first three are just so easy, I feel like. I, I agree. Do you remember these two? I was listening to this podcast, and it was these two idiots, and they're like, you know who's one of the three worst quarterbacks in the NFL, and he? There's no way the Broncos are going to win games with them. Teddy Bridgewater, and I don't but, know who those guys there was, are. But no there, was also, <laughs> there was also a dude on there that tried to convince. Uh, was it me? I think he was trying to convince. Oh yeah, it was me and you. So it was. Oh yeah, you it, was tried to, it was us. You tried to also convince me that Drew Locke is going to get the start over Bridgewater. At least, at least I have the decency to guess that one right. You were you were George was like I think I think Drew Locke has the pulse of this team. I was like I don't know about that. <laughs> he did not have the pulse of a team, and he probably is not going to have the pulse of a league either. He's going to be out of a league pretty soon unless he really no, changes he his career. He won't be out of the league. He'll be he's going to be one of those like uh, great long term backups. All right, Drew. Hey, at least that's a good job. I'll take it. It is. It's a great job. He's going to be like a ten year backup. I feel like and. It is crazy. We were like in such debate over Bridgewater and Locke. And then, oh, like Bridgewater got the job. And we were both still like, even though I said Bridgewater's getting the job, we're still like, ah, oh, they'll be like a f- six win team. Like, they're not that good. Yeah. Two and oh, and Bridgewater's playing like a top 10 to 12 quarterback right now. I don't know how long it's going to last. Though. I feel like we've seen this out of him before. Oh, I do too. But um, it'll last another week because, you know, it's a great remedy for another win on your schedule. Is it the Jags? Don't tell me it's the, the Jags. Jets. The Jets. Oh, even better, actually. They just, they just beat the Jags in last week, so they yeah, yeah. Back to back week, so okay, let's also not get ahead of ourselves. They're playing. They're <laughs> going to be three and zero beating the Jets and the Jags. Yeah, I know. So sometimes, sometimes I wonder. In a weird way, I just wonder if Drew Locke was in, in on this. Would they? Would he beat the Jets and Jags too? Probably. 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 I mean, he has some experience in the NFL, so. Probably will. Well, just to recap before we move on to our next topic, our three stooges of the week were Tua, Trevor Lawrence, and Zach Wilson. Um, and then our three kings were Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. And, no, not Russell Wilson. I apologize. You say the kings. I don't know why that was. I messed that up. Uh, our three <laughs> kings were, were – well, one of them is not a king. He's a god, Tom Brady. And yeah, he doesn't Patrick, <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't count. He's not even a human, so – he did say he might play till 50 now, so that's great. Uh, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and uh, Kyler Murray, who, by the way, Kyler Murray, let's, before, I just want to make this real clear. I like Kyler Murray a, a lot, and I, I actually thought he was going to be really good. But didn't he do this at the beginning of a year last year, and the Cardinals were like the best team in the NFL, and then they collapsed at the end of the season? Like, should we, should we just pump the brakes a little bit before we crown, crown their ass or no? I mean, probably not. I mean, what is this, year three? 
He's really young. Yeah, it's year three. Yeah, he's still yeah. really young. But I mean, right. I remember last year he was in the MVP conversation too early in the year. Am I am I remember that correctly? Yeah, but I don't I don't believe in pumping the brakes because we did the same shit with Lamar Jackson. Like maybe we should pump the brakes. Like these guys are gonna have a couple good and bad times throughout their first three four years, but True. we know they're spectacular. It's pretty obvious. Okay, so fair I enough. No, no, I agree. I I, I do kind of agree with you, but I just wanted to pose that question. He's you, you can just tell he's great, personal opinion. Um, I do want to mention that even though it wasn't one of our topics today, is the Tom Brady. Did you see like they asked Belichick about Tom Brady saying that? Um, I I heard something about it, but can you explain? Because I don't really know. He exactly basically they asked him, like, oh, or Tom Brady said he could play till 50. Like, what do you think of that? And he's like, yeah, that's a good that's something to talk to Tom about, I guess, if if it's something that. If anyone can do it, it's him. And it's like, all right, next question. <laughs> and it's like funny because it's like anyone, any other question, like the dude will talk about anything for 20 minutes or ramble on about stupid shit. It's like, what do you think about Tom Brady playing to 50? I asked Tom about that. Like if somebody can do it, it's him. All right. Like that's like does not want to fucking talk about it. No, dude, I don't blame him, though. I mean, the guy made a mistake by letting Tom Brady go. But and I think I think it actually worked out for for Tom Brady and and the Patriots as well down the line. Like now they get their quarterback. They're not going to win with this roster and those weapons. Brady now has like an arsenal of weapons. So that kind of helps too. That's true. Uh, It was the right move. It was the right move. We can't lie about that now. Honestly, at first I was like, this is interesting. We'll see how it works out. And now here we are fucking another year later. He just won the Super Bowl. He's going to break the record maybe for most, most touchdown passes in a season this year. We do have an extra game. so It's literal insanity. Uh, speaking of Bill Belichick and coaches, uh, it's pretty crazy you brought this one up before the podcast. The no uh, – was it no coaches challenges this week, right? Yep. First time since 1999 that there was not one coaches challenge in the NFL. Now there were, there were reviews. We saw one in the Seahawks game with Julio Jones's foot being maybe out of bounds, maybe in bounds, depending on, you know, who you ask. Yeah. Seattle fans. He's in out of bounds. Ask Tennessee Titans fans. He's out of bounds, but yeah. Um, so not one coach flew a challenge flag at all in week two. First time since 1999. Okay. I'm going to tell you why it is very interesting, but I'm going to tell you why, because I feel like the league, starting to do things the right way which is like when it's necessary to review they're doing it themselves yes in game which i really like like i used to always wonder like these like coaches challenges like okay good it's good idea and concept but like there's a thousand monitors at the nfl refing headquarters whatever the booth Mm -hmm. whatever the new york and it's like man this play is obviously important and you can obviously see he stepped out of bounds, send it down to the refs and have them review it. Um, I think that's one reason we didn't see him this year. And because they're really trying to clean it up. Remember, they experimented one year with the pass interference challenges. And they're like, okay, too many, too many challenges here. So get rid of that. And now they're trying to go back to where they're doing more booth reviews, different things where coaches don't have to argue the simplistic, like obvious plays that are trying to be challenged. Yeah, which I like that concept. They should have like a buzzer. Sorry, well, I mean, I do agree with everything you said, but they should have a buzzer. Like the red flag is kind of like corny. 
have no comment. No, really, <laughs> the, think about it. Like, no, a buzzer like, would be stupid. Uh, or something. Do you think a red – I mean, Bill Belichick has to go into his sock and go like – it's so – like, I don't know. It feels – I, so I don't think it's stupid, to be honest. It's like saying that red cards and yellow cards in soccer are stupid. Like, no, they it's are. just like the way they do it. <laughs> I know. I know. I Not really. Like it's a better way to get get a referee's attention that you want, you want to challenge something. <laughs> George – like just no there's it's literally a red flag what's wrong with that what do you want him to do have a fucking like cowbell like oh that'd be cool (laughs) no it wouldn't and a buzzer would not be cool because players would have no idea what the fuck's happening it's a red flag what's that what's that instrument that's like a triangle and you go like this with it's not a cowbell that'd be cool it would no, not be cool. The no, red flag I just think there'd be like a, a better way to signal that you want to challenge. That's all. <laughs> I, I strongly disagree because the NBA has coaches challenges and they like have to like point at the booth and then there's a little light and nobody knows it's happening. Like for a red flag, just like a yellow flag is telling everybody, the fans, TV, announcers, refs, players, the booth, Everybody knows what the red flag means. If there was a buzzer that kind of interjects with the buzzer. Okay, forget the the buzzer might have not been a good idea, but I'm just thinking innovation, man. We got to find a better way. Ah, George, these are one of those moments where I'm just like, you're just, you just try to fill words in. And I'm just like, no, there's actually, it works perfectly fine. I am trying to make humanity better. You know, is wasting time making humanity better? No, but innovation. You know, Facebook wouldn't have been invented. Podcasts wouldn't have been invented if people were just like, oh, the pod- uh, radio is good enough. I'm saying the red flag is not good enough, and I think we need to find a better way to, to challenge things. That's all. I think you're being a time waster, George. That's what I think. All right. And I just think I'm being innovative. All right. All right. Well, guess what? You know how many complaints I've ever heard about the red flag on Twitter, heard- on anywhere? Zero. Yeah, and no one complained about radio, and then here come podcasts. So, you'll we'll see, we'll see what happens. One day there will be no more red flags. That was the all. dumbest comparison I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Nobody complained about radio, or people. What, what did you just say? No I one complained about me. radio. Which, first of all, yes, they have. There's a reason because people stopped using radio because people are complaining about I can't catch a show at a certain time. I'm at work. All these different things. The red flag is like this is they didn't even use it this week. So it's you literally proved your own point wrong. It wasn't even used one time in an entire week of football. Do you think they're gonna waste their time talking about anything other than or how they're gonna change something right. that wasn't well, even used? I found two stories four years ago. Andy yeah. Reid's challenge flag was stolen behind his back and he couldn't find it to challenge a play. Tom Coughlin in 2011 couldn't pull the challenge flag out of his sock fast enough and missed the challenge and later cost themselves a play. So uh, that's what I'm saying. There has to be a nice, more efficient okay. way to get the challenge flag Don't out. put it. Don't be an idiot and put it in your sock, first and foremost. Secondly, Andy Reid, if you went to the ref and waved him down and said, I lost my flag, I'm here to challenge, you know what the ref would do? Probably let you challenge, but yes. he was probably he was too busy looking for his flag to do that. How do you lose your challenge flag, by the way? It's probably somewhere in his giant ass sweater, <laughs> socks, pants. He's a big man. You can fit a lot in those sweater pockets. 
That's a good point. All right. I, I got nothing else to say about challenge flags. I'm so thankful that you have nothing else to say <laughs> about challenge flags because they didn't even use them this week. Think about that. Probably That's a good point. Find them. No, probably didn't need them and nobody was worried about them being red or being a flag or being whatever. Like, it would be right. like saying, what if a ref lost their yellow flag? Like, I don't know, they'd go get a new one. At Do half. you remember that story? That was a sad story when the ref threw the flag and they hit a Browns player in the eye and he went blind. Yeah, I don't think the person That's went sad. blind. No, he le- he went blind in his left eye and he sued the NFL. I, th- I, I, I thought he, like, didn't permanently go blind. I'm not quite sure, but that was a sad story. Like, uh, I mean, th- this is definitely not as uh, – you know, this is not. This one's not meant to be like a big joke or anything like that. But really, that was a sad story. I remember that was like in the '90s or early 2000s, and it was an offensive lineman just hit him right in the eye. He filed a Orlando Brown, a bruising offensive tackle for the Browns, was temporarily blinded temporarily. Oh, temporarily. Uh, he he filed a 200 million dollar lawsuit against the National Football League. Oh, that's that. He was found dead at 40 in his apartment. Oh, that's wow. That took a really quick turn to morbid. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Let's move on from this. Let's move on from, yeah, let's move on from this one. Let's stop talking about flags. I apologize to the listeners how much you have to hear about flags today. We'll talk about about the American flag next. No, I want to talk about (laughs) the worst loss bet of all time. All right. Better loses out on a 272,000. Let's try this again. Better loses out on a $727,000 payout after betting on the Lions to beat the Packers in the final game of a 16-leg parlay. So uh, basically, I guess that means he basically money line guessed every single team correctly that day. So. He guessed Washington Bears, Browns, Rams, Bills, blah, 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 all the way until Monday Night Football. He had the Lions pending. Um, I think he put $10 on it, right? I think that was what yeah, the thing like is. 10 or 25. I forget the exact number. It's either 10 or 25. Yeah. And he uh, obviously they lost. And uh, that, that final leg did not turn into a $726,000 paycheck. How do you not hedge that bet and at least put two hundred thousand on the Packers? And you may not have that kind of cash, but then you go to a bank, you call. I mean, there has to be a way you can get that money to be loaned. That way, you at least know you're going to win two hundred thousand or one hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, and you could also sell your tickets these days, can't you? Like sell it off for yeah. two hundred thousand or something. I would have just like sold it for a hundred thousand, like or two hundred thousand, or like you said, man, I would go to a big time gambler, or I'd go to a fucking the richest friend I know and be like, listen, uh, let's put 250 on the Packers. Whichever one we win, I'll split half the profits with you anyways and get your money back. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, it was on Sunday night football. It was Monday. He had a full day to get ready to do this. You can't, I, all I know is you can't let it ride. You have to guarantee yourself some money. I would have probably had a heart attack if I sat there and tried to let it ride. Just right. like, I oh, let's see. I would what have happens. found a way to know, like, no matter what. Okay, if the Lions win, I win five hundred thousand dollars. The seven twenty-five. If they lose, I lose two hundred thousand on the pack. Like, I just would have found a way to know that. Hey, I'm up. I'm gonna make two hundred, three hundred thousand today. 
no matter yeah, I'm what. Yeah, I'm not leaving my – man, only thing I would say is if I had the Packers – that's that's my yeah i might let it I might, yeah because man I, I i'm not against betting the lines on like uh the spread yesterday it still wouldn't have won but money line man you know aaron Rodgers was not gonna lose to lions week two after we, what happened in week one no you knew it too no i mean i i agree with you but then i feel bad for that better he he took a risk um great call on the first 15 games but uh that's what happens when you pick Detroit. And when you do 16-team parlays. Man, like yeah. – uh, but then again, if you did it every week and spent 10 bucks for the next 10 years, you might hit one week. Like Maybe. I mean, it sounds not. so hard. I'm, I'm going to throw – I'm going to throw in betus.com this weekend a, six, a parlay money line every single team for 10 bucks just to see how many I actually get right. I bet you it's not even close. Well, we do pick them. So I do pick them, and I'm like, you know, I'm getting like eight, nine, ten games most of the time. Yeah. Like, not like I'm not even getting close to 14, 15 ever. Right. Because it's hard. It's nearly impossible, man. That's why, I mean, the payout is $10 or $20 for 700000 Speaking of bet us, I'm pretty proud that I actually had a better week finally. So now I'm, uh, I started off one and four last week. And uh, got a nice three and two this beautiful, week. So, beautiful. So, but as you know, Philippe, I lost by a, po- a half a point. I had them at three and a half. I think they lost by four. And Cincinnati lost by three. I had them at plus two. I was a couple inches, a couple points away from a five and a week for the first time. But it is, you, you, you got to count your blessings. It was a winning week. Well, your Philly bet deserved to win. Let's be completely honest here. Like, there was no reason your Philadelphia bet should have lost. There's no reason. I mean, they really had so many chances to score and to cover, and they just didn't do it. So I actually, you know, there's no such thing as moral victories in gambling, but if there was, you had a moral victory. Yeah. Uh, Their loss was kind of as bad as – I know they didn't have a big lead or anything, but – their loss felt kind of as bad as the Seahawks one where it's like, hey, you guys had no reason to lose this. Like, you were outplaying them. What was it like? Uh, I mean, they had a touchdown where the guy's toe touched the sideline before, and then they, like, had a tried to run a Philly special on a fourth down and didn't get it uh, on the goal line. A lot of goal line misses. And that's one thing, though, by the way, that I wouldn't mind bringing up here. Mm-hmm. We're, we're free playing a lot on this podcast today. I like that. Uh, I like it, too. Jalen Hurts can't get a grip on this guy now. I don't know. Like, I know. Week one, I was like, okay, actually, he is really good. Now I'm back to like, if he did this for like two or three weeks, maybe he's not that good. <laughs> I know. I hope he keeps doing it for like two, three, or four more weeks and can put him in our three stooges for a week and just be like, ah, finally, you made it to where you belong in George's eyes. Why are you rooting against this guy? I'm not really, but I just because like I was so wrong, and I, honestly, I just don't think he's that good. But he seems like a cool guy, so that's nice. He's not making any mistakes, is one thing. I mean, like he still has 500 yards on the year with three touchdowns, no picks. So he's not playing bad. It's just like no, no, no. no. And we got to consider they were playing the 49ers, which if there's anything the 49ers know how to do is play defense more than anything. Yes, and so. I think. 
I think that might be a really good segue into our next topic, Sammy, actually, which it's fun to do topics because we do now the stuff we're most excited for next week. And the Packers versus 49ers is one of the two things I'm really excited for because Aaron Rodgers, okay, you know, good remedy for uh, not looking so good in week one is getting that Detroit Lions defense. But now on Sunday night football, you get the 49ers defense. And the last time I think the Packers and 49ers played was in the NFC championship game where the Packers were blown out by the 49ers two years ago. So um, I'm just interested to see what happens here between these two teams, because I think this is going to really show a couple things. Are the 49ers one of the best teams in the NFL? And two, are the Packers actually not very good? We'll find out. Both. I think we're going to get both of those answers on Sunday. I'm going to flip the way you said that as well. Or like add to what you just said is, mm-hmm. or we're going to find out the 49ers are not that good because they played sure. a Lions team where they almost blew a fucking 30-point lead in the fourth quarter, like one play away from tying the game. And then they snuck by an Eagles team that had 70 mistakes, and they only put up 17 points in this game. <laughs> so there's a, ch- there's a chance we find out that this 49ers team is just really well coached, but they're really not that good maybe. Like I, yeah, they, they, we, can, we they could easily be zero two. They could be, so absolutely. It's kind of a they're a complicated team to look at here. Um, we're gonna both have the same one. I think everybody's looking forward to the same. Yeah, thing. I know. Um, so we'll just. I'm gonna save that for the last one. Uh, uh, let's just say now. I'm really looking forward to watching the Panthers and Texans play. Like these, <laughs> like I Davis Mills. Davis Mills, man. Like, I know. I just can't wait for that game. It's not that game, is it? No, it's not not quite no, that man. game. The game is, for me, the Seahawks and Vikings. One, I'm a Seahawks fan. Two, we run Seahawks podcasts and Seahawks content. So, of course, I'm going to be excited for that game. But the reason I'm really excited for that game is the Seahawks and Vikings tend to have a lot of games that just have wild endings, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Playoff games, regular season, anytime. It's always been a really good watch. Um, on top of that, the one-on-one Seahawks who just blew a bad game are not in a must-win situation, but with this NFC West, almost every game's a must-win. And you have the 0-2 Vikings who have played really well, should have beat the Cardinals. So it was a missed field goal. Again, classic Vikings. Also are in a must-win situation, even more than the Seahawks, and it's in Minnesota. So I just think this is going to be a game where you have two teams kind of kind of playing for their – Early lives in the season, if you know what I mean. That's the best way to say it, for their early lives. I, I like that. I'm excited for that game, too. So, I, I don't know, man. I feel like the Seahawks and Vikings play every year, and I don't think the Seahawks ever lose to the Vikings. Like, I can't remember the last time they lost to the Minnesota Vikings. I think we beat them six straight times, and we played them, I think, what, six out of the last ten years, including playoffs? Uh... Our all-time against them is 13 to 5. We've beat them in 2012, 13, 15, 16, 18, 19, 20. So we've won seven straight. Seven straight. Okay. And we played them that many times since then. They're not in our division. So NFL scheduling gods must love to put us together. Seven times in nine years, ten years. Yeah. Nine years. Ten years. That's pretty crazy, actually, for – and this will be the eighth and eleventh. Actually – no, so this will be the eighth. It started in 2012, is what I said. So this will be okay. the eighth in nine years. Wow, that's pretty crazy if you think yeah. about that. 
And yeah. before 2012, when was the last time we played them? Was there like just a huge gap in between playing them? And now we're just like three years. Three years? Okay, no, not that bad. But yeah, but eight to nine years is a lot. Yeah. Our biggest gap was really we didn't play them from 96 to 2002. Okay, eight year gap. Yeah. That's, a, that's a normal yeah. gap. Yeah, and we were also in the AFC at the time. Yeah. This is, by the way, it was only um, one time in the playoffs. So even regular season-wise, it's going to be, what, seven times in nine years, which is still a lot. Yeah. But it'll be fun. We're going to be talking about this a lot more on our coming uh, Seattle podcast this week. So um, I want to mention one more game before we get to uh, the one that we're all excited for, all of America's ready to watch, is I'm actually very excited for Monday Night Football, Eagles and Cowboys. Um, it's a good like Monday night matchup. It's two teams that I'm confused about. Uh, two teams whose quarterbacks I'm confused about right now. I know Dak Prescott's good, but I'm confused with his performance. I don't know. I just, he didn't even, they won this week, but he didn't even look that great. Uh, we know he's dealing with like a mix of injuries and recovering. And you have the Eagles. They're both one and one in a division where these matchups are going to matter the most because, I mean, like, there's not. I don't know if there's going to be a ten win team out of the division. It's going to be a lot of in division who be two uh, to make the playoffs, and it's just Eagles Cowboys. I, I can never not be excited for a game like that. Yeah, never, never, ever, ever. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Monday Night Football is a good classic matchup for Monday Night Football as well. It is. Uh, do you have any other ones, or should I just bring up the game of the week? Bring up the game of the week. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay. Buccaneers head to SoFi Stadium to play the Los Angeles Rams. That is going to be a TV experience because of that stadium, the lighting, the colors, the matchup, Stafford versus Brady. You know, like, it. I can't believe that this is fucking at, I don't know, 125 at the same time as the Seahawks. But it is going to be a hell of a matchup. These are the two best teams, in my opinion, in the NFC right now. So I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, same here. And I, I did read that this is actually, which is kind of, I was pretty shocked about. This is Tom Brady's first ever game in Los Angeles. In his career? In his career, yep. Well, that makes sense. I mean, it makes sense, but like it's been 21 years. You didn't. I thought maybe here in the last four or five years, it would have, with Los Angeles being around, he would have got it to Los Angeles even. But yeah, first game ever in Los Angeles. Okay, that's cool, but that makes sense, right? Because there was yeah, when, no, it makes sense because there was no, there's been no franchise yeah. in the last five, six years until when five, did they, six years ago. When when did the teams leave LA? Like, I'm, like was in the like 90s, five, right? in the nineties? Yeah, I think it was like right before Brady came into the league, and then yeah, yeah. So there has been no LA team until like three years ago in his career. Yeah, yeah, but still, okay. it's his first time. He's played in every other city in the NFL except. No, I'm time. saying it's cool. I think it's yeah, really yeah. cool, but I just I was trying to figure out if it was like a wild stat or not it's not no it's not that wild <laughs> yeah like it makes sense that it's the first time but it is cool because it's like showtime brady you know what i mean yeah and then the week after he's on sunday night football against the patriots that's gonna be a doozy i'm so excited in new, Eng- in new england yeah. i just wonder like is belichick gonna like high five him before the game or after the game or like i say yes before the game not after the game I don't know. Or is it going to be like Drew Brees, like at the stadium after the game, there's going to be like a clip of them walking around talking. That'd be so cool. I, that'd be so cool. But I don't think like there's much for, I don't think Belichick is that type of dude. <laughs> he doesn't have much to say. 
Hey, Tom, how's Tampa? Oh, it's going great, coach. All right, good luck. That's what it's going to be good like luck. before the game. Yeah, because yeah, I don't think they, like, love each other. I don't think they hate each other either. Yeah, I think the not liking each other stuff's overblown. Like, they stay, they were together for 20 years. I think it's just the competitors in them right now, like, especially, right? Because they did do the sit-down NFL 100 thing, yes. whatever it was, together. And so, like, I think they're perfectly – I don't think there's a part of them that dislikes each other. I just think now we're back at the point where – Okay, I'm not with you. You're not with me, and like we're both trying to succeed on our own. Like I don't need to be. Uh, They're not know. buddy buddy. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's almost like I feel like Pat Riley, LeBron James. Like they don't like they don't love each other. They're not gonna hang out, right. but I think they have mutual respect for each other and what their memories and what they did together. That's a that's that's probably a good comparison. I think Brady and Belichick a little closer because of the longevity. And but but good comparison, yeah. But they're both like Pat Riley's like fuck you for leaving, and Belichick's probably like fuck you for leaving. Yeah, except Belichick kind of wanted him to leave. No, he didn't. He wanted him to leave like seven years ago because he thought he was going to start aging, and that's when they drafted Garoppolo. But like, he didn't want him to leave like two years ago. Who knows? We'll never know. These answers we'll never know. I know it's like the biggest mystery in sports. Like he was forty three. Like why didn't he just fucking stay in New England? Like what? Why? <laughs> like goddamn. Yeah, exactly. I wish I could know. Can't. All right. Well, I think that's all the topics we got for today. Uh, anything else on your mind? No, nothing on my mind. Um, I got my mind on my money and my money on my mind. That's it. Me too. That's that's the that's my motto that I'm living in, George. All I all I know is uh, all I know is it sounded like an explosion just happened in our offices, but I think that was thunder or lightning, thunder. Yeah, or or an explosion. Whatever it was, it was kind of loud, and I kind of hope that microphones picked that up because was we both looked up and we're like, okay, um, hopefully it's not the building collapsing. So let's just knock on wood and the let's sign off on. Pod that two brothers talking sports, and we're brought to you by the Sports on Tap Podcast Network. You can find us everywhere, George, at Pod that P O D that on social media, or at the Sports on Tap on all social media and the Sports on Tap dot com. You know what we like to say, George? This is the Sports on Tap, and cheers, to sports, y'all. Cheers to sports, y'all, and uh, we'll be back. Peace. This is the Sports on Tap. Cheers to sports.